0: Welcome friends to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me Ricky Spears and Chris Walton. Today's guest is Joe Birch aka the Fat Loss King. Joe is a personal trainer at uh, Chris's Business, the Better Body Group in Seven Oaks Kent. He's got over 10,000 hours personal training under his belt. He's got uh, a master's degree in exercise physiology and he's just got a really nice cut the shit approach to exercise and fat loss it was really good to sit down with Chris and Joe people who have fully qualified to be able to give us advice on losing fat but they're also very realistic people as well and they work they've worked with clients for years um, and they know it's all about fitting in fat loss goals with people's lifestyle without keep doing something that's sustainable so their realistic approach is really refreshing to me to hear um i really enjoyed it they're dropping knowledge bombs please enjoy joe birch it's naughty that is what's wrong with my jumper it's a bastard it's naughty i like it your jumper's a bastard shows off the gains yeah don't worry about them gains joe (laughs) hello thanks for coming on mate joe mate Burr. my pleasure I'm,
1: I'm excited well i feel like a celebrity
0: you will We might check it. yeah well we yes. will be after this Go by Whoa. at least 17 people <laughs> <in the name. laughs> at least. Well, That's growth, mate. Anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah i've only got one follower at the moment so to get to 17 <laughs> i don't know i've done not a mathematician but
2: so 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 we bring you today mr joe birch who is a longtime friend of mine we've been working together for coming up to a decade, I would imagine. I know, that's amazing, isn't it? Um, Joe is certainly one of the most experienced PTs in the country. He's done over 10,000 hours of training, lots and lots of before and after fat loss transformations, lots and lots of athletes, strength and conditioning work, um, an all-round brain box when it comes to fat loss, nutrition, strength and conditioning. So, we're going to fire loads of um, fitness and fat loss related questions at him today.
0: Master's and
2: degree
1: and all, right? Yeah, uh, well, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that can't see me, I have got a Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it, I, I still can't, <laughs> yeah, see, I can't that. see it. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> can't see it.
0: Can't have noticed yeah. actually. That's <laughs> why I started going to the gym. <laughs> 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 Master's in?
1: Master's in exercise phy- physiology. Well, Loughborough University, up. if you're asking. Well, was that? That? Loughborough, Loughborough University, University. Oh, okay. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long did that bad boy take today?
1: That was just a year. That was after my undergrad. Sports which
0: you science.
1: have to do first yeah yeah, yeah 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 I have to do undergrad first. before your grad, you have to do an undergrad
0: <laughs> this is all literally Spanish you're talking to me right now oh, really,
1: yeah. yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's a bit under-
0: like
2: a posh BTEC
1: undergrad right. in sports science <laughs> yeah Pos- it B-tech. is it is yeah like uh, incidentally it. I did a BTEC beforehand <laughs> <laughs> oh no I've just discredited myself with BTEC <laughs> diploma <laughs> I did four O levels really
2: smart so. and then before that you did some GCSEs as well and some SATs so did this a few guy stats, is pretty yeah, well qualified, yeah, very qualified. Okay, Joe, why did you even get into this said industry?
1: Well, I was uh, born and raised in West Philadelphia and I got in one little <laughs> fight and my mum got scared and she said, you're gonna have to start going to the gym.
0: <laughs> you're gonna have to bulk up. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. no, when I was 16, I was probably one of the biggest virgins in the UK. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and that is that's, that's not, even, not even not true. I had no confidence. I was also really slight in physique Hated playing rugby and th- those kind of sports. And I started going to the gym at college. And it was a total game changer. Totally fell in love with going to the gym. Uh, and never Not, really not any females? No. Yeah. <laughs> so I stuff. was able to lift weights. And by the time I was 18, I actually developed an ability to talk to girls. <laughs> Fast yeah. forward 12 no, but it, years. No, but it get, yeah, it gave me a lot of confidence. And then, and then I fell in love with feeling better about myself, feeling confident. So And then... Didn't really start personal training until after uni and then started doing personal training properly after. Was that doing always my Masters. the goal though when you went to uni? The goal at uni is was to own my own gym, right. which is very slowly creeping towards becoming a reality. Yeah. But I wanted to do strength and conditioning coaching, working with athletes, but long term I've always wanted to own a gym or work in a cool gym. Yeah. Yeah, and by cool I mean not. Machines more like free weights, sprint track, boxing rings, that kind of stuff, yeah, which is what the Bat Body Group does, which is cool. Shout out to Bat Body Group.
2: What's that? The Bet, bo- yeah, yeah, good job, great
1: job. Yeah, yeah, so I've heard it's great. Yeah. <laughs> was you
0: doing strength and conditioning coaching whilst you was at uni as well?
1: Yeah, so I was did I did strength and conditioning coaching with the rugby league team for about a year while I was doing my masters, and that's kind of my first blood into actually coaching people obviously did bits and bobs with mates and stuff at uni but nothing official so that was quite scary and then i did strength and conditioning with bradford bulls for a year as an intern which was more testing piss than it was actually (laughs) coaching people uh but looked good on the cv and it was cool testing going out well testing piss for hydration so you're checking the players are hydrated before the game that kind of thing um, How did you go
2: about testing this piss? Just well,
1: they piss in a little it. tube, essentially, and then you Smet have to it. look at it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh darling. <laughs> Delicious. No. <laughs> um, yeah, you look at it, you look at it, and it's the colour of it. So yeah. if your piss is light in colour, then it you're In a good state, hydration. Pretty
2: sure they've just made that job. No, it's a chart, yeah.
1: Well, exactly, yeah. That's why it was the worst internship ever. So I didn't gain much from this internship apart from a distinct lack of, lack of. They've pulled... they've taken, they've literally taken taken the piss, piss yeah. They (laughs) just sat
2: around a board table going, fucking, what? The the best thing to do. The best thing about that job was. Piss Piss sniffer.
1: The the best thing about that job, I call this breaking ball. So I live with this Irish lad that played Gaelic football, and breaking ball is when. The big lads go up for the ball and knock it down. The little lads are scurrying around for the ball. And when you go out with professional rugby players, you get breaking ball. So the birds that they can't pull, you can have a crack at <laughs> <laughs> Classic rugby yeah. banter. And I was,
2: yeah. I, I know that guy. I'm not a this. sorry. <laughs> yeah. was, this sounds bad. <laughs> but, but so then from there, obviously, um, that's when we met shortly after that.
1: Yeah, right? so I was working at Bradford Balls, working in inverted commas. Yeah, sniffing Pearson. Sniffing, yeah. yeah. It was great. Um, trying not to cut watch the change rooms. And then uh, <laughs> I applied for two jobs actually, one in Surrey and one here, both at slightly different gyms, all with the same theme. And then had an interview here with you, Tiff and Christo Kukulis, <laughs> the Greek yeah. god. Yeah. yeah, and then ended up working here. Yeah, never looked back. That was nine years ago, I think.
0: Put in 10,000 hours, so yeah.
1: Do you know what? I looked actually before i done this podcast, I've done just over 10,100 hours of personal training here, anyway. Yeah, Shit. loads. I've learned a lot in that time. I actually put up a post the other day about on Instagram about how I did things then and how I do them now, and it, everything's changed, right? I think when you come out of uni and when you're a bit younger, l- less experienced, you have quite a preconditioned way of thinking and you're yeah. you're not very open to new ideas sometimes yeah. yeah i had a very rigid way of doing things with my training and nutrition specifically i was a big believer in low-carbing it yeah for fat loss and even for athletes and now i think back now i the opposite of that really? i think like cutting out a food group is the last thing you want to do yeah especially if you're a normal person right. like normal people have normal lives don't they and you yeah. can't yeah, suddenly restrict them like that. But I yeah, a lot has changed in that time.
2: In, in our industry, definitely, like one thing you learn over time is that the pendulum just swings both oh, yeah. ways. So f- for one minute, it's go low carb. Next minute, it's you yeah. know, really low fat or or cutting out entire food groups or fasting, or whatever it may be. And I think over time, you learn to be a bit more sceptical about oh, those. Yeah. Um you there's can many spot. different ways to skin a cat. Oh, right? yeah.
1: You can spot a bad trainer by whether they are military about one way of doing things. If they yeah. think there's only one way of doing it, you can guarantee they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because there is so many ways to eat, so many different ways to train, and you can get a good result with multiple different ways of training. So, yeah, if you're looking for a trainer, if they say the only way to train is spin, or the only way to eat is low carb, we guarantee they don't really know what they're talking about. Because they don't right. have a, like a bigger understanding of the bigger picture.
2: On that note, Joe, one question that I'm sure you get Multiple times per week, um is you know what is the best way to lose fat, and I, I think people. I mean, we get dozens of people every week who whose primary goal is to look better without any clothes on. Yeah. As as a typical, sort of thirty to forty year old male or female, what would be your, what would be your top tips?
1: Top tips.
2: <laughs> the, the best way in. to go about it, yeah. always put the t- <laughs> <laughs> so. um, It's going to be a long hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in terms of, a lot of people will ask, what is the best exercise for fat loss or weight loss? And that is a bit of a stupid question, really, because weight loss is all about energy balance. So energy in, the only way you get energy in is by eating. Okay, and then the the energy out, there are multiple ways that you put energy out and all of them add up to create energy balance. So if you eat 2,000 calories and you burn 2,000 calories, then your weight will stay exactly the same no matter what. And that doesn't mean your body can't be changing because there's a big difference between weight loss and fat loss. It is possible to lose body fat and gain muscle mass and your weight stay the same. So it's a bit confusing. But in terms of, straight up you want to lose weight and therefore lose fat then you need to be in a calorie deficit so this mathematical equation can't be argued indisputable if you if you burn more than you eat then you will lose weight and then of that how much of that will be fat will be determined by a number of factors which we can go into if you want to so yeah a number of factors so As an example, let's say you're burning 2,000 calories a day and you eat 1,500. You have two people they are genetically, let's say they're identical twins, they both eat 1,500 calories and they're both burning 2,000. If one of them did nothing all day and after six weeks you weighed them them in, they might have lost, if it's a 500-calorie deficit, they might have lost five or six kilos after that six weeks, but the other person did strength training the whole time, their result would be completely different. Because the person who did strength training, unlikely that they will have lost any muscle mass. If anything, they might have gained some muscle mass. So at the end of it, they might have lost five kilos in weight, but their fat loss could have been six kilos because they gained a kilo of lean mass and lost uh, five kilos of fat. Whereas the person who didn't do any training, they just created a calorie deficit through not overeating, they may have lost they might have lost two kilos of muscle mass and four kilos of fat. So their fat loss result wasn't as good. So if your goal is fat loss, whichever one's it, no one wants to lose muscle mass. If anyone, yeah. people people want to look toned. And all toning is, is an increase in muscle mass and a decrease in body fat. It's not some magical type of training or some magical adaptation yeah. that happens. It's just literally increasing your muscle mass, decreasing your body fat. So. Yeah, if you want to achieve that result, you, the best way to guarantee that is exercise. And then within the realm of exercise, you've got a spectrum of what is gonna be most effective. So on one end, you've got endurance exercise, so going for a run, going for a bike ride at relatively low intensities, but you do it for a long time. On that end, you're gonna burn the most calories but it will have the least impact on your muscle mass. So, someone that did endurance training versus strength training, similar would happen. You would probably atrophy, you'd lose muscle mass during the process, okay, as opposed to gain or at least retain muscle mass. So, in the middle of that, you've got classes and interval training. This is probably what most people are doing on the whole. Like circuit yeah, training. Yes, circuit, circuit training. So, if you go to spin or you go to your circuit class or boxing class or body attack, it'll be, Quite, you work at higher intensities and you're not doing, you're not going solidly exercising, you're going hard, resting, going hard. So it means you can work at higher intensity, and those higher intensities are more likely to cause you to retain your muscle mass. If you want to gain muscle mass, if you're a total beginner, you might gain some muscle mass with circuit classes and interval training, but not much, not much really, because the mechanical loading on the muscle isn't hard enough. The main thing that causes your muscles to grow is is tension through the muscle like high loads of tension so if you can do something for 10 to 15 reps but you could do no more the loads are quite heavy whereas if you're going running you do thousands of reps the loads are low so there's no increase in muscle mass so yeah for for fat loss and toning an element of strength training is key yeah yeah really important because you'll never get you'll never get the result you want by doing cardio alone don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with doing cardio and it's really good for your health and it's there's loads of other benefits mentally and physically but if your goal is to tone then it's not the best mode of training you you want to base your training around
2: proper strength training so yeah we usually say to people if if you're I, i certainly say to people that if you like running, then add running into yeah. your, your plan. But, but if, you, if you're looking entirely for an improved body composition, then that would be at my sort of lower end of the spectrum for sort of bang for your buck. Yeah, precisely. Um, with strength training being at the very top.
0: When just define uh, improve your entire body composition.
2: Well, well, as Joe was mentioning earlier, what what when people come to us and say I want to lose weight, they almost always in fact they do always mean yeah. that they want to lose body fat yeah. not necessarily weight in total so it's no good losing muscle mass because if you lose muscle mass then you're going to burn less calories at rest yeah. which means that when you come to start eating normally or or you eat a little bit more um after a sustained period of calorie restriction then you're going to put on fat quite quickly yeah. which is when you see sort of <laughs> things like I mean, we mentioned it before we came on air, things like lighter life and herbalife, and like these juice diets or anything that restricts like whole food groups which creates big calorie deficits yeah. often lead to people losing lean tissue. And right. if you lose muscle mass and then lose lots and lots of weight over a very short period of time, then you lower your resting metabolic rate, the number of calories you burn at rest. So then when you start eating a normal balanced diet, your body holds on to a lot more calories. You end up putting on a lot more body fat, yeah. which is the whole explanation behind this yo-yo dieting. Yeah. So when people do a like really calorie restricted diet, very very short period of time, yeah, drop loads of fat, eat normally, put fat back on, and then just go up and down. Yeah. So what we're actually looking for is an improved <coughs> body composition. So quite quite often, a good way of thinking about the difference in the training elements is if you imagine the physique of a sprinter, for example. Um, you know that is not what people are looking to achieve. Yeah. You know they don't want this like real atrophied looking, um, like very very frail and thin look. Whereas if you think of the physique of a, did I say sprinters? Sorry, did say sprint, sorry, yeah. sorry. the compare the f- physique of a marathon runner, yep. which is very frail and yep. like atrophied, to the c- physique of a sprinter, yep. which is like very lean and toned. The difference in their training is exactly what you think. One is doing. Lots and lots of endurance training, and one is doing lots of strength training. Yeah, you you would never see a sprinter going for a jog.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, w- yeah, what always gets me is when you try and try and lose weight, and you'll be in a calorie deficit. At what yeah. point do you start eating into your muscle? That's well, in always- terms of
1: a percentage. So, in terms of your, your calorie deficit for for fat loss, if fat loss is your main goal, I mean. What I would say is there's, there's three, three things you can really do in terms of changing your physique. One is aim purely for fat loss. Yep. One is aimed purely for muscle gain. And one is called body recomposition. So fat loss is your main goal is to lose body fat. And the, the majority of people we see in the gym, their focus is fat loss because their body fat percentage is so high or high enough that... The best the quickest way for them to improve the way they look is fat loss right so in terms of what is ripped like ten percent for a bloke and fifteen percent for a woman is is ripped yeah but most people shouldn't be aiming for that I, yeah. I would say if you're you should be aiming for sixteen to twenty percent for a man and more like twenty to twenty five percent for a woman because that is achievable and sustainable and healthy yeah yeah so if you're coming in and you're a woman and you're your 35% body fat the best way to get a good result is to focus on fat loss so therefore that's going to affect how you eat so let's just say they're burning 2000 calories oh, we can talk a bit in a bit about how you kind of calculate how many calories you're burning because it's not that hard yeah so let's say a woman is burning 2000 calories if you drop that to 1500 that's going to be a pretty good level for fat loss because you're still allowing enough energy to to survive and not be starving and yeah. also with these processes everyone's obsessed with a quick fix everyone yeah. wants the magic that's why these 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 slimming products exist it's not really the fault of people making them they're just trying to make a buck the reason they exist is because people buy into it because they want to believe that it's going to work so. You could drop your calories to 1,200, but you're right. It never, it, you, a, you're wasting muscle, so your fat loss result isn't going to be as good, and you're never going to sustain that. You're never going to stick to it. So yo-yoing is a big thing. I mean, we see it all the time. It's actually it's, it's like upsetting <laughs> to a certain extent when you train people and you can see that they're going to rebound because they they're going so hard right. that you just know that they're never going to sustain it. So you're setting yourself up for a fall sometimes. So yeah, in terms of the calorie intake if your goal is fat loss, if you cut 20% off what your maintenance calories, and your maintenance calories is your amount of calories you should eat for your weight to stay the same. We'll talk about it to calculate that later, possibly. Um, And then if you wanna gain muscle optimally, you need a surplus of calories. Again, if you add 20% onto your maintenance, then you're gonna create a small calorie surplus without it being excessive if your goal is to lose body fat and gain muscle mass at the same time, by the way, this is very difficult to do. Yeah, you need agreed. to be quite disciplined. Um, that's often why people don't aspire to have this goal because it is hard to achieve. Yeah. yeah. You, your calorie intake needs to be just under what the amount that you burn. So if you're yeah. burning 2000 calories, you need to eat like <coughs> 1800. There's other factors as, as well. I mean, we'll probably talk about protein in a bit. But, yeah. um, yeah, and strength training is really important part of all of those processes. Even if you don't care about gaining muscle mass at all, if you strength train, you'll retain your muscle mass, so you'll lose more fat. Yeah. Because it's two people could lo- both lose five kilos, and if you haven't dropped one kilo of muscle mass, it's five kilos of fat loss. Whereas if you lose muscle mass, then you will only have lost three kilos of fat and maybe two kilos of muscle. So Even if you don't care about getting stronger or getting bigger, it's worth doing some. To get yeah. a better
0: fat loss result. Um, so, to someone who's going to try and lose weight but retain all their muscle mass, is that yeah. quite like how would how would that's how would you totally advise achievable. a client to that's do totally that? That's totally
1: achievable. Yeah, I mean that that's essentially what we're doing on a day to day basis yeah. here. Really, people aren't necessarily gaining lots of muscle mass, but they're certainly retaining what they've got. So, because it isn't as simple I think, as saying to yeah.
0: them just eat fifteen hundred calories and do no, some it isn't. Training. It's really right. complex. I mean, yeah. if it
1: was that. It's a simple theory, but the the skill in it and the art of it is the practical application and yeah. like actually allowing people to stick to it. So um, yeah, strength training. Uh, strength training is important for two reasons on that front, because A, it gets you the right result and B, if you get a proper strength training plan, that is what keeps you coming back to the gym like in the long term, no one is going in on the cross trainer, on the treadmill, and then on the bike, and doing that for six months. Yeah. It's not exciting, it's not interesting, you're, you're not progressively getting better or anything. Whereas strength training, a proper strength training plan, you should be hitting new PBs, and like having a structure to your training, and learning how to do it. And, yeah. and that's what makes it interesting, really, because underlying everything, like if you had a period of priorities, it's all well and good saying, oh, protein's important, calorie's important, strength training's important, adherence, underpins everything if you can't adhere to it then it's pointless if you love running and hate the gym then you should continue to go running yeah yeah and the same the same is true like if you love playing tennis and hate going to the gym you're going to get a better result playing tennis than you are doing the gym so I think people forget that sometimes they get a bit obsessed with going to the gym yeah the gym's important and it gets you probably the best result if you were to do it but you've got to have an element of fun there as well the best
2: exercise for anyone is the one that they stick to right
1: yeah of course yeah so i I think strength training for someone a normal person if you can get two strength training sessions in a week and that would be pretty good even if you're doing one and you're going quite hard it'd probably be enough to help you retain most of your muscle mass so in terms of what is a good strength training plan i mean i'm biased but if you don't know what you're doing get a personal trainer even if it's only for a couple of sessions go i want to learn how to do a squat a push-up, a plank, like basics. Yeah. If you learn how to do that, you're saving yourself a lot of money because it's a false economy just to turn up and try and make yourself a plan because, again, you'll never adhere to it. Yeah. So just having a membership sometimes is is not actually the cheapest way to get a result because you don't know what you're doing. Even, even if you watch people online, that's the worst thing. Is you, you can see the people that are in the gym that have like, got all the gym shark gear and the my protein gear and got all these bands but they don't have a clue how to use it they've seen someone do it but they've never seen themselves do yeah. it and they don't know how to to correct their form so
2: there's just so much misinformation oh in yeah our and yeah well. of course
1: yeah so that if you want to learn to strength train like if you want to learn anything ask someone who knows how to do it yeah. yeah even if you have to pay for their time a few times it will be worth its weight in gold you don't have to pt forever yeah yeah you just have to learn the basics right and then unless you go you're gonna
2: unless you're gonna do it at yeah,
1: beauty. Yeah, I mean, if you can afford it, go nuts. Why, why not invest in your health? I yeah. mean, the amount of money I sh-
2: like, squander.
1: yeah, squander ridiculously on food and drink and that, which is all inherently bad for your physical health. Uh, we don't spend that much money on stuff that is actually good for our physical health. Yeah. Yeah, which if if you've got nothing else have your health. I'm a massive believer in that. You yeah. can I'm work glad your I can go away. out
2: and squander money on drink like you do. <laughs> it'd be silly, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah that would be, be silly. silly. Yeah, yeah. One of those days I'm too mature for that shit. <laughs> yeah. Joe, um just moving on slightly from that because we could talk about that all day. Um one thing that I'm sure a lot of people wanted to speak, want you to speak a little bit about, is women and weight training because this is one of the yeah. questions I get all the time. And we briefly touched there on um, creating calorie deficit and the effect that has on your on yeah. your overall muscle mass. And one thing we try and get across to people here is um, the, the, that that is far far more difficult than people think to put on muscle mass. Yeah, it's right? much harder. You know, even when you are creating that surplus of calories. It is very very difficult and so when we are prescribing a lot of this strength training especially to women they are always very reluctant to go you know head first into these big heavy compound multi-joint lifts can you explain a little bit about why they should be doing these lifts yeah um, especially when it comes to fat loss
1: i will and and i can explain the science a bit before i do that the (laughs) best thing i can say about strength training, say, say a woman turns on they turn from doing their traditional cardio to doing strength training and eating more like a higher protein diet, which is not necessarily traditional for a woman. If you meet someone that's done that, they will never have looked back. They'll yeah. never have gone back to their old way of training. So yeah. that is the best recommendation I can give you without explaining anything. But yeah. there are a number of reasons why, A, it's harder for a woman to gain muscle mass and it's also harder for them to lose weight. I'm going to go on a limb make a lot of women very happy it is definitely harder to lose weight if you're a, a woman and part of that is because of the science of why it's harder to gain for them to gain muscle mass so the primary sex hormones for a man are, are testosterone a growth hormone and testosterone is the big one and for a man your testosterone levels across the month are going to stay the same they're not going to fluctuate if your testosterone as a man was shooting up for two, for a, just one day, all of a sudden, it would totally change your mood. What if you're not
0: looking after yourself, by the way? Did yeah, that, yeah, that, that of course. Yeah, I mean,
1: so a man could have up to ten to uh, ten to thirty percent more testosterone than a woman. There's a big scale there. Ten to thirty like, times. Thirty mean, times. times yeah, sorry, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, ten to thirty times more. Yeah, not ten to thirty yeah. percent. So, yeah, so that could be affected as well. So if you eat a poor diet but your calories are in check like you don't overeat but you're relying on junk food and you don't eat much protein it will affect your hormones massively and your gut health as well which we'll, we're going to briefly talk about as well i think but so a man has more testosterone and that that is the primary muscle building hormone it's, that's a simplification but that is the primary muscle building hormone and women don't really have it to the same extent men do yeah. their primary hormones are estrogen and a, and pro oestrogen, Progest- progesterone, progesterone—I progesterine, yeah. progesterine, can't pronounce it. Progesterone, and they aren't essentially muscle-building hormones. And also, for a woman, their hormones through the menstrual cycle are constantly changing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to try and mansplain to <laughs> women yeah, the details <laughs> of the menstrual cycle, but you should you should recognise it and recognise the effect it can have on your training. So, at the start of a cycle, oestrogen is high, and at the end of a cycle. <laughs> pro- pro- Progesterone. Progesterone, yeah. can't pronounce it at all, is, is high. And it's in that second half of the cycle where women are typically getting cramps and pain. And that also is associated with typically women eating about 500 calories more. Right. Yeah. So it massively affects your I mean, appetite and 500 diet. 500 calories more per day. Per day. Yeah. Yeah. Per yeah. day. So, yeah. So it has a massive impact on the way you eat and the way you train. And you might find at the start of your cycle that your training sessions are getting better and better and at the back end you're feeling weaker yeah yeah so you should consider that as well because often people maybe fall off the wagon with training because they have a shit session or they have a couple of shit sessions so for a woman that might be purely a hormonal thing yeah So to be aware of that I think is quite important because you try and then take the emotion out of it and be a bit more analytical and go, look, I had a shit session, but it's to do with menstrual cycle, not to do with anything I could have had control over. So, and it will affect your diet as well because if in the first two weeks of your cycle, it's gonna be emotionally and mentally much easier to stick to a diet plan, then, if in the back end two weeks, all you're doing is sustaining the results you made in the first two weeks, you're still making progress. Yeah. So sometimes you've got to see just breaking even as a win. Yeah. But like, if you go on holiday and you don't gain any weight, that's a win, right? Yeah. You didn't move forward, but you certainly didn't move backwards. So One yeah, thing it's that's worth, worth
2: mentioning there as well is um, fluid retention. Yeah. So fluid retention, depending on what time, what part of your cycle you're in, can be, you know, you could weigh yourself on a Monday and then again on a Thursday, you could have had four days of really good training, perfect nutrition. You could have lost fat, but if you've retained, you know, two pounds yeah. of water, then and you're weighing yourself sort of intra daily, then yeah. that can be enough for people to go right off the wagon. And we've seen course, it happen. Yeah. We've seen tears loads of times with people who have trained really hard, um, but then are going back to that little figure on the scale. That's yeah. That's almost like a roulette wheel for women. You know, it could could land anywhere depending on what time of the time of the month it is. So
0: so men's um, water retention shouldn't really it's nowhere fluctuate. near nowhere near as, as fluctuating. Removing the very no, men's of men's will diet. fluctuate as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you were to weigh yourself um, tonight and then again first thing in the morning, you're going to be a couple of pound down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just from your respiration throughout yeah. the night. So, um, you know, this is why we discourage people from using scales altogether because. Yeah. That it's not really a very useful measurement of any kind of progress. Yeah. Um, certainly not if you're training properly.
1: Yeah. I think the scales have a place, but you should never be just w- using that as your only tool. Like you can use weight to figure out do, other really, stuff. Really? Yeah, and they do, and it's yeah. weight in combination with other measures is useful. Like we couldn't figure out your calorie output and stuff without knowing your weight. So weight is useful. I don't like it when people say the scales are totally useless because they're not. The best way to approach it is Sorry, like a mate. guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a guy's weight will fluctuate daily, but it's not gonna fluctuate in two weeks time. Your water retention is not gonna be different to what it is now at the same time of day. So that's the issue for women. They, The best way to protect yourself from that is compare yourself, your weight, from the same time last month. Yeah, yeah that's the best possible thing you could I do. The unhealthy thing yeah. is
2: people doing it. Yeah, like daily and like two weeks later week. yeah.
1: you might be two kilos of water heavier but a kilo of fat lighter. Right. And that's why weight should not be your only measure. Okay. So I'd say if you're if you're just at home, you haven't got access to good equipment, a crude way of assessing your progress better than just weighing yourself, is just a couple of tape measure measurements. So round your belly button, round your the widest point round your hips. And then again, they can be affected by bloating and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you do them once a week. Try not to be taking emotional response from any one set of measurements. If you measure yourself over two months, the trend should come down. If yeah. you put it on a graph, it should come down, right? And that, that's the best way to protect yourself from these fluctuations is to look over a longer period of time. Yeah, you should never look over one month. Yeah. If all you're looking at is one month, then you're never going to get the result you want anyway in the long term. So, yeah, I think the best way to protect yourself is weigh in, and then do some other measures as well. If you've got access to someone doing your body fat percentage, either by skinfold calipers or some other measure, that's amazing because that's the best thing you can do, really, because then you take all of that doubt out of it and you can be like, right, my circumference has come down around my hips. All I'm storing there is body fat. Yeah, yeah. It's likely to have been a change in body fat. So, And the reality is we care what we look like. We don't actually care what we weigh. If you look amazing, you don't. No one, no one ever asks me what I weigh. Yeah. I don't. They don't. I don't care. No one can Not because I look amazing, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, it's so a comparison it's thing, I guess. Not as good it? as Rick in the jumper he's wearing. I wish you could all see it. I don't know. You yeah. just
0: spoke about holiday weight. I've just yeah. got back off holiday. You, you do look a bit. How dare you? Your cheeks. Are, you look <laughs> a, like a little. I'm back into fat. Really Rick. <laughs> fat Rick's that jolly Hamster. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry. Back to the original question about you were saying about women probably being a, um, a novice oh, women ske- being a little bit about, reluctant. Yeah, about uh, weight training, yeah. I don't know, doing deadlifts and things yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason they're probably skeptical is because they think they're gonna get massive and Swole. muscular. Yeah. Speaking from experience is, for a man, very difficult and slow process to gain muscle mass. To, to put that into perspective, let's say, if I was, everything was optimal for me, I was in a calorie surplus, I was eating enough, and I was strength training hard, I mean, actual lean mass gains in a month maximum for some of my age probably like a probably like two to three pounds yeah, absolute say, maximum like kilo, and that's yeah. maximum and that's everything optimal didn't go out on the lash yeah. i ate enough protein i didn't miss a training session which never happens to normal people like normal people have lives right so yeah. the maximum a man could gain in probably a month a normal man like maybe a kilo yeah a kilo which is a couple of pounds so in how if long, you're in a, if you're in a in a month, in a month. Right, yeah, yeah so uh, if you're a woman and you're trying to gain muscle mass even slower that's why these transformations you see online often you will see an amazing transformation it might have been this year now or 2 years ago this year and now yeah because it takes years to change your you change the shape of your muscles yeah well you could see a good result change the shape of your muscles in 6 months But you're not going to see it in six weeks, really. It takes longer than that. And you need to appreciate that if your goal is fat loss, the strength training, by and large, is stopping you from losing your muscle mass. Yeah, Yeah. if you're not eating enough, you're not going to gain much muscle mass. And you can hope to, because it will make you look better at the end of it. Yeah.
2: Um, If you're you're a female and you're in a calorie deficit, you could do as much strength training as you want and you're not putting on muscle mass to the point where you think you look bulky. No, not at all. The the only women you see... Who walking around looking like absolutely jacked or either have spent a long time lifting with a very certain volume intensity rep range eating in a very specific way or they're cheating
1: yeah yeah <laughs> that happens too yeah, yeah. I, I just wouldn't worry about it yeah. yeah so
0: i would i was shocked at how much you actually have to eat to put on muscle mass had zero results for years yeah come here learn a few things and then i ended up just using and I'd be interested to know what you guys think of it the uh my fitness pal just for calorie just to make sure I'm in a calorie um yeah, surplus surplus thank you um and I was ignoring the amount of carbs it was telling me to eat I was cuz I was part of the carb police again I was yeah. like no you can't eat carbs surely not <laughs> ignoring <laughs> it for ages carbs. not really getting anywhere and then I just thought right I really want to I'm going to forget about um gaining gaining fat here and I'm just going to go for it and tr- really try and put on some muscle and actually started eating as many um, calories and particularly carbohydrates as the app was telling me to and had massive yeah. results but and I was shocked what happened after yeah. that <laughs> where did it all go <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. what a cock. Go on, <laughs> yeah it absorbed it um, yeah yeah I was shocked at the amount I needed to actually and,
1: eat and the same is true for a woman it was if you wanna, I was eating yeah if a woman genuinely wants to get stronger and build a big booty and stuff, all this stuff that's popular on Instagram, at some point in your training you'll stop having to train you'll have to stop training for fat loss. Yeah. You'll have to eat at very least your maintenance calories. Yeah. So the amount that you're burning. So your weight might stay the same. And some of these really good transformations, their weight is the same or they're even heavier. Yeah. But they've gained muscle mass over a, a year of training and it and it's shown an amazing result. So I think if you've got to a level of body fat that is Decent, sometimes you've got to shift your training to just try and maintain your weight, strength train hard and see a change in your shape rather than a change in your weight. I mean, yeah, I think sometimes people get stuck on there, they're always trying to lose body fat. When sometimes it's appropriate to actually shift it, you're you're already at a decent level of leanness. Now take the long-term approach. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't always be doing a six-week fat loss thing. Yeah, you'll
0: just lose your mind, right? Yeah. Um, So if I was to come to you and say, right, I want to get Hugh Jackman ripped, would you put me on um, steroids? Put me on steroids (laughs) first. Prozac. (laughs) Put me straight on the growth hormone. (laughs) Um, Would you go through a gaining weight period and then a fat loss period, or would you try and achieve both at the same time? I mean, you certainly
2: wouldn't try and do both at the same time because you are like, you look like.
0: Here we go <laughs> I'll
2: yeah. give this one to Joe. Yeah, it's probably best to so, do.
1: So Hugh Jackman like didn't didn't Pure turn up buried. Yeah, yeah, fuck You got no channel. Well, you, you tried to bury me. You're trying you. to get the <laughs> beard going, yeah. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> can get it out. Mate, I think if you want to look like Hugh Jackman, just grow your nails as the best part you've got. <laughs> get them X-Men thing done. No, um, yeah, I mean, but by, barring the fact that <laughs> no. was
0: probably on a hard course of steroids, ignore that one. Yeah. To you reckon, say you know, I, I don't it. think he was. I don't know, yeah. Don't know, yeah. Do you know what the, do what the, the thing, thing about you Hugh Jackman... It like it was. I don't think no. Was. We'll come back to
1: that. The thing about that is, when he... Say he was getting X-Men ripped... He, when he started getting lean for that process, he probably already had all the muscle mass he was going to have for the film. You do you know what I mean? So he was probably, let's say he weighed 80 kilos, he might have only been 15% body fat when he started doing cutting down to eight. So he would already have been carrying enough mass. So I doubt when he cut from before, well, bearing in mind, he may have, actors may do anabolics and stuff like that, which changes the game a bit. But most of them will go in with enough muscle mass that when they just shred the fat off, they'll look amazing. Oh, I don't the know, end
0: look at this picture. Yeah, yeah, currently looking at two comparisons yeah, he, of the first X-Men versus Wolverine. He would have gained all that muscle Wolverine. mass
1: while losing body fat simultaneously. It would have taken yeah, years. Agreed. He would have had to do a period of prioritizing bulking. Yeah, and you don't, you don't, you can make lean gains, right? You can keep your body fat the same and just gain muscle mass. That again is, you're just going into a slight surplus of just discipline. So he's an advantage where that's his life, right? So he was probably. His calorie intake and protein intake and macros were probably set and done by a chef, and he was strength training. Yeah, I, every day. I read so, about
2: this. He, I mean, he, he's basically living that, isn't he? Yeah, like he's living eight that. Months yeah, and that's his, yeah
0: that's his So, thing. so you absolutely. But lean, say a you, client had the time to do that. Yeah, yeah, you could. Would definitely you tell it. them to gain muscle first and then lean afterwards?
2: I would.
1: Yeah, if, if that's the result you? they want to get in the end, yeah. you're going to have to prioritize muscle mass because muscle mass takes ages. I mean, you you can, if you want to achieve that result and you want to gain muscle mass and try and get lean at the same time. That's what body recomposition is. So for body recomposition, you need to be in and around your maintenance calories. I'll just use the example 2000 calories. If you were to eat 1800 every day, assuming you're training right and your protein's right, then you're probably going to gain muscle mass slowly and lose fat relatively quickly because you're in a deficit. If you were to eat two thousand two hundred, you're just gonna gain muscle mass and you might still lean out a bit, depending on how quickly you are gaining muscle So you mass, can actually gain you can muscle definitely mass do it. in
0: a calorie deficit if you're uh, eating the you, right amount you of You can
1: do, yeah. It's, it's not easy though. Slow. You'd have to be in quite a high protein diet and the things you'd have to focus on in your training would be progressive overload. So on a few compound lifts say like squat and bench and deadlift, you'd want to see your numbers still going up. If you're, if you're getting weaker, good sign that you're not actually gaining any muscle mass. And a crude way of measuring this is if, you're, if your body weight is coming down. Uh, sorry, if your body weight is going up, but your ab circumference isn't, then you're pretty much guaranteed to be gaining lean mass. Because yeah. if your fat mass is going up, you'll notice it around your abdomen straight away. So you could measure that. It's not easy, though. It's yeah. not easy. The reason yeah, It's
2: making life quite hard for yourself as well. Yeah. yeah. But you Can could no, definitely do
1: it. I mean, I've seen people do it. Like yeah, it's very right? strict diet required. you will probably, if you're just a normal person, like totally amateur to it, you're probably better off getting yourself to a body fat percentage that is decent. So for a man, anywhere from 15 to 20, and from a woman, uh, for a woman, anywhere from 20 to 25, and when you're at that level, then you start bringing your calories back closer to your maintenance and just focusing on training hard and getting stronger. Because right. it's training hard and getting stronger and not overeating too much, basically, that is gonna slowly build that physique. Yeah, because yeah, you're never gonna quickly get muscle mass. That's just impossible. Yeah. yeah, it's just, unfortunately, fact of life. I think that is one of the most misleading things in the fitness game, is that to go from small to like genuinely looking muscular, like genuinely, yeah. that's a year, at on. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's at least a year of strength training relatively consistently. Even six months is not that long in terms of strength training. And that's an iron- like I've been training eye, for eight awesome years, years and I'm it? still piss wet through. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't... And, there, and there, there is a ceiling to how much muscle mass you can gain without anabolics as well. You can figure it out by measuring your wrists and your neck and stuff. Really? And you can figure out your pro- potential for lean mass, yeah, to carry on your frame. That's why people with these big frames often you take them down the gym and they're packing on muscle really quickly yeah but that's that's partly genetics as well right yeah genetics will play some factor but yeah any anyone can gain muscle mass yeah but you you hear of hard gainers Have you ever heard that term hard gainers sounds yeah. a bit pornographic for some reasons <laughs> yeah but if you see some like peter crouch would be hard gainer but that's probably because he just would never eat enough Right. Yeah, but you could still get him to add lead mass, but he's not going to add it as easy as the Tuolangi brother. Do you know what I mean? He's right. like physically already looks like they could add a lot of muscle quickly. Yeah.
2: yeah. Joe, let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Ooh. Shall we?
1: Yeah, I'm keen. Um,
2: so there's obviously a million and one different nutrition gurus spouting yeah. out all kinds of different advice when it comes to optimal health, fat loss, weight gain, weight loss, um, improvements in strength, and so on, Um, if you, I mean, what what sort of nutrition plan do you follow, if any, and what would you recommend to those wanting to stay relatively lean, but also feel optimal?
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Well, in terms of how I eat, I don't have a specific nutrition plan, but I, have good habits i one of the key principles if you're training and you want to maintain a good physique you've got to eat a certain amount of protein if you don't eat enough protein all that strength training won't be for nothing but you won't get as good a result i mean there was actually on one of my on one of my videos I've done on Instagram, there's a... Knowledge bombs. Yeah, knowledge bombs, shout out to the knowledge bombs. Uh, <laughs> talking about my favourite
0: one right now, I think, actually. Yeah, the so, that, so,
1: yeah, they got 40 blokes. This was actually a really good study. The problem with a lot of these studies, half of them are shit. They haven't controlled for enough varying factors, but they got 40 blokes and they did, they trained six times a week and they did three strength training sessions two interval training sessions and then the two other sessions were like testing their fitness and stuff unrelated and essentially they put them on the same caloric deficit so they figured out their each individual's calorie target basically and gave the same percentage calorie deficit to everyone and at the end two groups one did a high protein i think they ate 2.4 grams of protein per kilo of body weight and the other group was low it was like 1.3 grams of protein per kilo of body weight and at the end of it the high protein group lost where well, they both lost the same amount of weight they both lost the exact same amount of weight because they they were eating the same they eating the same calorie deficit but the fat loss was way higher in the high protein group and also the high protein group gained a kilo of muscle mass and the low protein group didn't gain any muscle mass in fact i think they lost muscle mass and that's why the fat loss result was better because if you're gaining lean mass all of your weight loss must be fat yeah, so that if you're losing lean mass, which they did in the low protein group, same training, same everything else, same calories in, yeah, they they got a way worse result essentially. They would have not looked as good as it, at the end. So for all of our chat about saying you can't add muscle mass, mass in a calorie deficit, these guys were on quite a big calorie deficit, and the the high protein group still did actually add lean mass. Yeah. Part of the reason would be because they're all beginners. Yeah. So they yeah, they yeah. weren't training beforehand. If you're if you've been training for six months a bit of a different uh, starting out. Yeah? yeah, you'll get get kind of newbie gains. So, yeah, that protein target is really important, and there, there's more reasons than that so than just getting the a result. Well, yeah, it? It,
0: it's it, not enough.
1: yeah, the re- adherence again. I go back to that. It's really important if you're eating protein it implies that you're probably putting a bit more thought into what you're eating and yeah. you're making meals because yeah. it's harder to just go and get protein. I mean, you can have protein really shakes is, yeah. and stuff, yeah, but um, it implies that you're making meals and, and that would be my one of my number one bits of advice for getting the basics right for nutrition is, is try and make some of your own meals because a lot of people aren't. They're like really reliant on takeaways and getting things in or having cereal or whatever. A, it's not great nutritionally because you're not using any fresh produce. Yeah. Uh, so we're not talked about health in this. I mean, you could eat a calorie deficit and still be eating crap and it not be good for your guts and yeah. your insides and your long-term health. So you should be considering that as well. And so I eat, I, I would eat, I always have eggs for breakfast. We go get right into detail here. Yeah, I always have scrambled eggs on toast because it's easy. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be super clean eater. Yeah, because I don't, I always I like that. I like the 8020 rule. There's a lot of things in life yeah. you can apply that th- 8020 20 rule. I think it's really good. Yeah. So if 80% of the time you're eating pretty healthily, that's good enough for most people. Yeah. If most people were doing that, we'd all be in a much better health, yeah, as a nation. So obviously there's a 20% of people that need more specific nutrition advice because they're already doing the the right things and they want to improve it even further. Mm-hmm. But I think by and large most people don't need that. Like yeah. people are like going, "Oh, I have my avocado on toast but then they had 10 pints on the weekend what's the point in really going into detail on the nutrition if they're still going to do that on the weekend so yeah there's no point yeah um so in terms of how i eat i I eat really strictly i would say in the week and by really strict it's just how i eat yeah but if someone were to look at it they would go that's really healthy because i'm having home-cooked meals, and shout out to Astra, the missus, who actually loves cooking, and I used to cook for myself, it was the same similar stuff, it just tasted shit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because she (laughs) she makes really nice food, right? But I was still eating the same way, like I eat usually base my meals around a portion of protein, so it might be beef, it might be chicken, or it might be lamb, and I don't have like boiled
0: chicken and broccoli, or any shit like that. Do you aim for about two and a half um, grams of protein per K- Probably not. I'm not counting it,
1: but and I eat protein at each meal. Yeah. Right. If I if I suddenly wanted to, I was going to Ibiza. Yeah. Yeah. When I was single. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to lean out. I'd fire up my fitness. You just looked pal. really sad yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Asha. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't wait for dinner later. <laughs> um, now. Yeah. I would fi- fire up my fitness pal. even if I didn't do it solidly for eight weeks. If you do. You track your calories through an app, other apps are available. Yeah, through an app like my fitness pal it will suddenly you can get a reset point. <laughs> yeah, you can reset how much you're eating again and get a better idea of how much you're eating. But my weight's staying and my physique pretty much staying the same, so I know I must be doing it right. Yeah, but yeah, you, d- you don't need to de- eat what are traditionally considered health meals all you need to do is is if you want to get your weight in check a bit and you don't want a calorie count you can flip meals on their head like a spaghetti bolognese could easily be 1500 calories a portion or it could easily be 500 yeah yeah you could easily change things around so if you're making a curry at home and You've got chicken breast in there, and you've got at least three different types of veg, and you're you're making it from scratch, either with chopped tomatoes or like low fat coconut milk or something. That meal doesn't have to be high in calories. Yeah. Yeah. You could have a big plate of food as if it's if it's largely vegetables. Yeah. You're you're hardly eating any calories. Yeah. One problem
2: I've got with that, Joe, is that obviously the best way of eating is to prepare. Yeah. Right. So preparing in advance, cooking in bulk doing like a weekly shop and getting all of your ingredients Banging in and meals. like healthy foods and so on. But then I go and do a weekly shop and I get home <laughs> and like, I've got to have a bit of everything, right? So like yeah. I'll open everything and I'll have a bit of that and then and like bobs. I'll cook something in bulk and then I'll just eat all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like crying in, in my living room, just spooning my food, dog, which just rice krispies everywhere. <laughs> that's because I mean, you're a wrong one
1: though not oh, everyone's yeah. a wrong one oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is no, but course. obviously people <laughs> have issues with portion control if you're the type of person that can't say no then I'm a big believer that no one really has this self-control that people chat about on Instagram no one really is like saying no to everything the best thing you can do if you know that you can't say no to a beer or you can't stop eating is to don't put yourself in a yeah, situation yeah out of mind definitely yeah, yeah so don't buy it. Don't, don't buy, buy loads right? of shit. Yeah, so when you do your shop, don't buy any treats. Now, I always, uh, I, I've not got kids, so this might sound a bit preachy, but clients will often say, oh, I've got to buy all this stuff for my kids. I'm like, you've got to buy stuff for their packed lunch, but if they want a treat, send them to the shops. Yeah, because if you've got it in or the do house. do it when you're out on yeah, the weekend, also, It's difficult, that, because I haven't got kids. Definitely
2: but. worth mentioning, and I know it's easier said than done, but the nutrition like options that we give people, or, or the suggestions we give people, they are optimal for children as well. Yeah, you know, so it's not like you're saying to remove any food group whatsoever, but if you want your kids to have better brain function, concentration, energy levels, sleep, stress, and so on, yeah. and perform better at school, then they should be eating somewhere along these lines anyway. I'm not saying that yeah. kids should never have a Kit Kat or so on, but they don't need to be consistently fueled with yeah. just like quick fixes. Yeah.
1: It's a it funny one a kid with kid eats everything <laughs> yeah, as soon as he gets yeah it, It's <laughs> a funny one with kids because obviously you see o- overweight kids, that scares me, but it also scares me when the parents are like these self confessed nutrition coaches. They're not really qualified, but they like they're the ones that are having the green smoothie at breakfast and they have a cracker for lunch or whatever and they're eating what would be considered extremely healthy but then they may be giving that to their kids and like underfeeding their kids. I've definitely have witnessed examples of that where you're trying to almost apply too much nutrition to your kids. Right, so it's a fine yeah. line. Your kids shouldn't be overweight, right? Cause you're in total control, but you should be letting them eat as much as they want of the right foods. Yeah. So if you're cooking a home cooked meal and they want to eat a big portion, then you should be yeah, giving it them. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, yeah, I know what you mean. I think, no one really has an amazing self-control of their eating. If you go to a restaurant and they put bread on the table, 99% of people are eating that bread, whether they're on a nutrition plan or not. So I've, ruined,
2: I've ruined, like, expensive meals. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. Like nearly everyone. Mate, I'm every curry
1: it. I have, the poppadoms, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Put a fork in me. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you've got, uh, I and think... This is coming from
0: discipline. Yeah, disciplined, disciplined people. Disciplined-ish people, disciplined dish people. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's
1: so... <laughs> yeah, I'm... If you're on a... If you're... Gonna try and be good, and you want to get handle on your weight to some extent. Unless you've got incredible self control, you have gotta accept that you can't be going out for meals all the time. Yeah. You can't be treating yourself all the time. A treat should be exactly that. And that I I've probably been going out most weekends out on a night out since my whole adult life. Yeah, and it's never negatively affected my weight. It probably affected my mental and <laughs> my health. <laughs> and but wallet. but you can yeah God, be a rich man. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But you can't expect to be going out all the time and lose weight. If you're just trying to maintain your weight, I mean, I've pretty much lived my adult life by being pretty good in the week and then not being as good at the weekend. And then you're finding a balance, aren't you? Because yeah. you're finding energy balance at the end of that. That 8
2: 20 rule that you talked yeah, about Yeah, exactly,
1: eight twenty. 20 But a lot of people, if they're applying that rule and it's more 50-50, because let's say you created a calorie deficit of 2,500 calories through the week. So you under 8 by 500 calories Monday to Friday. You could overeat by 1,500 calories one three-course yeah. meal and a load of beers or yeah. wine or whatever. Yeah, you could overeat by 1,500 calories very quickly, and then the next morning you have a fry-up, and that was it then. That was your 2,500 calories just wiped out almost immediately. So if just your goal is weight loss or fat loss, then you will – it's not easy, and you just maybe got to accept that sometimes, that it's not going to be really easy, that you will have to be some sacrifice, but it shouldn't. you shouldn't have to sacrifice everything. I mean – you talked about my Fitness Pal, and one of the reasons that app that app is really good. Other apps are available, is that you can shit. put in anything within reason. Yeah, if you want to have a Mars bar every day, have a Mars bar. Yeah. I, I've actually got a client. Shout out to Val. Um, she is French and likes her wine. And she probably has a glass of wine quite regularly, it is Val. but yeah, love Val. yeah, love Val. She's probably one of my fittest clients. Yeah, and and got Steady. a really good check on her training and her health. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But she, she, well, she can make that work, right? You can make yeah. anything work if you really like something and you can't go without it. Then you'll just have to make sacrifices elsewhere. Yeah. yeah? So alcohol. Yeah, no, alcohol. Yeah, that's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, right? it is a tricky one because that's like the most Moorish thing going, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and the whole um, it, it, where alcohol is treated as a sort of toxin by the body, as a yeah. poison essentially, you 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 but your liver prioritizes the metabolism of that alcohol, alcohol before any fat, right? So yeah. you, that fat loss gets put on hold, which is the first dangerous part of it. But secondly, no one's ever had like two pints. Yeah. Right. Well, well, so people have had two pints, but three pints, and then you're in. Like, so then you're out. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: right? Yeah. Gary's out. Yeah. Yeah. can <laughs> drive home. <laughs> and, you there, yeah. aren't you?
2: Um, and then, no one in the history of the world has eaten well when hungover. No, of course. Not. So it's like a triple. Yeah, yeah it is threat. a triple. Two-day basically. Yeah. And Maybe like we were please. saying, like this is the danger with prescribing any kind of cheat day or cheat yeah. meal to people is that. If you're creating that small calorie deficit for five, even six days a week, you can just blow it. Yeah, you can cover it up. So people people will feel like they've almost earned the right to overeat on that seventh day.
1: I'm on the fence about cheat meals. On one hand, if you're doing it right and you're just eating normal meals but restricting your calories a bit and you're eating things that you would usually eat, you shouldn't really feel like you need a cheat day. Yeah, but... On the other flip side of that, it's nice to reward yourself for hard work. And if you get it right, it can work very well. But you are right. Your cheat meal, I think. You should never have a cheat day because a cheat day is ridiculous. If you have breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner, a cheat day. Yeah, yeah. I would have brunch. It was wicked. Yeah. I don't know why I'm I not rich. For,
2: for doing the, um, like, where we do these transformations, these quick transformations, which um, yeah. are, are kind of like counterintuitive to some of the stuff we say. But if if you're looking for like a good, way to start some fat loss quite often people need to see a significant result quite quickly for it to motivate them to carry on and that's why we do these transformations Um, and i think when you're when you're restricting calories to that degree which we don't suggest that people do long term then sometimes you i I find by prescribing that cheat meal it can keep people sane throughout the week i personally can't do it because if as soon as I start eating like that, it's like <laughs> this is why I actually and I, I want to move on to this uh, shortly is fasting, like this yeah. intradaily fasting where um for those people that don't know we we do something called sixteen eight, whereby you will fast for sixteen hours of the day and then you have an eight-hour window in which you can eat all of your calories. So a good example would be. Um, that you don't eat any breakfast don't eat anything until midday then you can eat your three meals between 12 and 8 and then we don't eat again until midday the next day this works particularly well for me because i honestly genuinely feel like when i start eating in the morning once i start eating then that's it like i'll eat i'll carry on eating for the whole day like i've been known to turn up to work at like six seven in the morning feel a bit peckish by like nine. I've I've eaten everything. I've eaten all my like yeah. lunch
0: because you've had breakfast before
2: you come to yeah, work. Yeah, I've just, well, I've just eaten everything in like two hours. <laughs> I bet um,
1: you there'll be people listening to this that go, "I already do that, but I didn't know I was doing it." Yeah, because a lot of a lot yeah, of the, a lot of women that I know that are small women, so their maintenance calories might only be seventeen hundred or fifteen hundred calories, say, which is hardly anything. To have three meals and a snack within that on a regular basis is it, within the realms of Portions are the same for the man. If you buy a protein bar, it might only be 1% of your daily calorie intake, but for a small woman, it might be 7% yeah, of their yeah, t- yeah. So, yeah, so in that way, it's difficult. So, yeah, you this, might have a coffee. They might have a coffee in the morning and have lunch. And people, I know loads of people that do that, and there's nothing wrong with that.
2: This is because we've been like had this whole marketing yeah. pushed upon us that breakfast is Wasn't the most important Kellogg's? meal of the day and yeah I'm pretty sure that was yeah. of course Kellogg's cereal. thinks yeah. that's <laughs> the best meal of the day. Yeah. Um and not not and there there are still people there are still very prominent nutritionists that will argue that, yeah. it, that it is, you know, in order to you sort of kick start your whole metabolism and gut health and so on. In my opinion, having tried both for a number of years yeah, I mean, I I very very rarely eat breakfast. Yeah, but I'd like everything that.
0: works for me really well that one as well. Particularly if different strokes, different folks. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, so I think particularly I, if you eat a heavy meal, I like to eat big in the evenings. I always have just yeah, a big meal in the evening. I don't know what made me laugh. Yeah, why?
1: Well, I, I occasionally recommend people intermittent fasting if they're not getting a result on the plan that I would usually give people. Yeah. So what I usually recommend for people is to have breakfast then lunch, then some kind of snack at four till five. Most of my clients got kids, right? So it makes sense to have a snack while their kids are eating because that's another thing. You're like that temptation to eat. You may as well plan to have something and then an evening meal. And I I recommend people, uh, yeah, load the back end of the day heavier with calories. I agree. Which is counterintuitive to this whole pseudoscience that if you eat things after seven, it's going to make you increase yeah, your body fat bullshit, right. you know Such what that is bullshit If I no don't eat yeah, after yeah. this yeah, time yeah it's bullshit like if, if you know that the reason you increase your weight or decrease your weight is energy balance then you know that it doesn't matter when you eat that energy yeah, yeah. it doesn't make a blind bit of difference yeah it doesn't make a difference to your results and there's no science to prove it it's just arguably
2: thing. a bit around like pre and post workout, workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but, but yeah. other than that yeah,
1: yeah so I would say you're nearly everyone is busy in the morning, most busy in the morning. So eat your lowest calorie meal then. Yeah. One that is satisfying and will fill you up. Some people are really satisfied having something like porridge because it's got that sweet taste and you can add something to it. Sweet. And it's satisfying, even though it hasn't got any protein in. So it's not sports sciencey, but people feel fuller. Whereas if they had two boiled eggs, the same amount of calories, they'd be like, Oh my God, I'm chomping at the bit by 10 AM because there was no satisfaction there. So, it can't all be about what is scientifically right. It's got to be also what works for you. So if yeah. you if you only had two hundred to three hundred calories in the morning, and then you're having a normal lunch of this is for a woman, by the way, different uh, different for a man that might eat more calories. Yeah, this is just an example, but uh, and then five hundred calories at lunch, and then a hundred calorie snack. Then they might be able to have seven or eight hundred calories for dinner. Yeah, and have a normal social family meal. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be mentally that's going to be easier to do it in my opinion but everyone's different i mean that's why we do consultations with people right to yeah. figure out what works for them yeah. I think
2: it's nice thing about having the, the bulk of your calorie intake at the end of the day is that you can eat with your family right yeah exactly you know, yeah, yeah that, that's cause massive. that is a bit of a social
1: yeah, if you're sitting down and having like a really low calorie meal in the evening, that's going to be a bit brutal. Yeah, done a yeah, hard day. Yeah. Because again, adherence yeah. is everything, right? If you can't stick to it, then it'll never work in the long term. So, yeah, you've got to, you've got to be making it work socially. And the same with intermittent fasting. I I've done it before and at the time it really suited me because I only had like three or four clients in the morning and then I could just as soon as I'd done them I could get up and get out get out of bed later bowl into the gym train my people and then have lunch it it was easy and I was so busy that I couldn't have eaten so there was no temptation so that worked for me one time have
2: you ever um, and I know that you have Rick and we'll ask you about this as well (laughs) (laughs) have you ever um, done like a period of sustained fasting
1: no because I
2: would like to do it I mean I and in fact I did try um, and and I made it to 12 o'clock on that first day. It doesn't I just sit as you couldn't, well
0: couldn't. As in midnight. No, no, as in midday. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you do that all the time anyway, by skipping yeah, breakfast. Yeah, I know. Right. yeah, So what right. if you if you That's skip <laughs> That's pathetic, basically. Yeah, so if I know, you skip breakfast, what time it. would you generally eat? Uh, like midday. It would be all right. Yeah, i, I just yeah. got to
2: midday and I thought, Why am I doing this? I was just really I, I just I just but I but I know that there are some um health benefits above and beyond fat loss.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. certainly
2: for like mental health as well like and, and clarity and brain function and so on yeah um, but you did it didn't you Rick
0: yeah so I've, well, I've done 24 hours a couple of times before well, but just that's... Really, I really do want to do it but I just
2: it's, it's what made you want to do that
0: um, reading Tim Fer. one of Tim Ferriss's books where he does a big bit about um, fasting and I was working away and the food wasn't that great anyway didn't have that much to do physically, so it felt like the perfect time to try it. I've been reading a lot about mm. sustained fast up to like a week and stuff like that, even longer, some of them, and thought, right, I thought I'll give a three-day one a go, because I also wanted to do keto diet, just c- to give it a try. Yeah. And I was following a Tim Ferriss thing where he, if you fast first, you put yourself into a ketosis, ketid, uh, yeah. ketosis a bit quicker. Yeah. So yeah, tried, tried it out for um, three days. And that was yeah pretty intense. And on day three, I shit my pants. So <laughs> I'm I'm so
2: goal achieved. Yeah.
1: I'm ready to like I I would bash things like keto and full day fast. And the reason being is I kind of refer back to that eighty twenty rule. Like eighty percent of the people out there just don't have a be- good enough understanding of the basics. So yeah. this is why things like Herbalife and slimming pills and like celebrity endorsed you always see the fucking Love Island lot endorsing something at the moment about this pill and they just don't work yeah Yeah. or they're not sustainable they're not healthy and it's not the right way to do it so these extreme measures like fasting and keto you don't need you 100% don't need that it It could work and it has worked for loads of people but you don't need to do it so you're just you're just confusing it and like making the real information harder to get to for people and that really pisses me off I also yeah, liked the because it's um, so annoying
0: the detox element of it, which was another reason I was doing. It. I wasn't actually doing it to lose yeah. weight. it was just a bit of an experiment. Oh yeah, um, from from there's the other there are other sense to Yeah, me. yeah there's give, other give give benefits. Chance, the body to.
2: I've seen that there's some sort of fucking fat loss injection or something that yeah, people are trying to tell now. They're yeah. right off. It's
0: Like,
1: it drives me absolutely mental. Actually, I fucking hate things like Herbalife and stuff. They. If you, it's
2: just a fast. Yeah, man. it's an absolute fast. Yeah, they're a total fast. Yeah, it. and
1: people buy into it, and it, it's a pity that they do. And and Herbalife is is more like a cult than a health brand. I mean, the way the reason they exist is because people are emotionally well, un, unhappy about Herbalife is a supplement company, and it's it is actually a pyramid scheme. That's a fact. So. You become a rep, yeah. and then you sell it to other people, and they what, sell the shakes, and, shake, it's, shakes, shakes. Yeah, and it, it's just it's just really basic shakes, and they make all these health claims that are bullshit. So you just eat, you have a shake, and then you have a snack, and then you have a shake, and then it's just ridiculous. Yeah? Yeah. No one wants to eat like that, and you don't have to eat like that. That's the crux of it. You don't have to eat like that to get a result. And the reason people think they do is because they get people get pulled into cults because they're in an emo- like a poor emotional state they're not thinking right they're not thinking logically therefore that quick fix and that thing that you always wanted to hear is suddenly being told to you so yeah. you buy into it like and it is annoying I, I i'd live and die by this rule right say say you had a 13 year old daughter and they came to you and said should i can i try this shake and a snack and a shake diet you be livid. You yeah. lose your shit. So imagine you were gonna do the thing that you would never tell your kid to do or ever recommend your kid to do. You should never do that. If it you wouldn't recommend yet, it to your kid.
0: Win. some people might say, "Yeah, go for it." If you're you're overweight, because they haven't got a clue. They think, yeah, oh, yeah. It's a bit it's it
2: informa- well. misinformation,
0: right?
1: <laughs> I don't think a parent would t- give their kid a slimming injection, right? If you wouldn't oh, give it, it to your kid, yeah, surely, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you would not. never, you would never do I it. Like. I bet there's but, some people well, who give their
2: kids herbicide. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. And, and, because not, they and bought not into of, it, like, them... Yeah, misinformation. Yeah, yeah, it'd be purely misinformation. I mean, all not, these
1: sports teams are sponsored by Herbalife and stuff. I I don't I mean, actually Cristiano know. Ronaldo is there. like... Yeah, I don't, don't know, is but really? I bet yeah. you... And I bet you... Well, I bet you the lawsuit that's coming my way from Cristiano Ronaldo that the, the nutrition <laughs> coaches that and the sports scientists that are advising them aren't actually giving them Herbalife products. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a protein shake, right, but it shouldn't be the basis of your diet plan, yeah? yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that... That shit is frustrating and almost upsetting for someone that's been in the business for this long. Yeah, I mean, you How can would you bash feel about
0: an athlete being sponsored by Burger King. <laughs> Equally that as would mad be, or no? No, not at
1: all, because that everyone knows that's just a fast food. Yeah? yeah. The Burger
2: King are also not claiming to be. Yeah, something that they're not. Your waistline. No. Right. right. Or health? Are they? I like, mean, it, yeah.
1: stuff like that makes it harder for people because you grow up in a society where you're constantly bombarded by all this shit in advertising but i think a whopper right now. but yeah yeah you did when we before we started this podcast Whoa, um yeah a it, it makes it hard for people you we do live in a world where it is harder to undereat than it is much easier to overeat right but on that sense there's a bit of tough love's got to come in because the buck stops at you i mean everyone's got a story i mean most people that are obese if you heard their story there's probably a backstory there i mean similar like i mean there's a bit of an extreme example you meet a homeless person they didn't want to be homeless right and they probably didn't want to be addicted to something but something's happened in their life and they're not in the right mental state so people that are obese they're often not got they've got something going on that's caused that to happen yeah Yeah, it didn't happen overnight and they don't they're not just like greedy, yeah, it's yeah, more than that. So I think always consider people's backstory before you judge yeah. them off the bat, yeah, because it is it is difficult.
0: Often they're, you probably see it a lot here, excelling in other parts of their life, like their business, yeah, of course. they might be very busy. Another thing, right, like, it's
2: definitely worth saying, is that there are so many, like, like people on Instagram now who are like ripped to shreds or like bikini models yeah. Yeah. who know fuck all about this industry. <laughs> They're just in wicked shape. Who are spouting yeah. all sorts of nonsense about how to get in shape, but also fat shaming people who aren't in shape. Right? One thing yeah. that everyone should know is that very, very few people walk around like that all day, every day. Yeah. These people just haven't got a job. No. Right? And that is the only thing they do is just train. And like, try and look super ripped all the time, just so they can hold up a can of fucking detox tea and get paid yeah, for it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're in a that they're doing better than you are because they're in like they've got six percent yeah. body fat and you've got twenty. Yeah. Like, no, like we've got thirty trainers that walk around, and no one walks around like that every day. Yeah, you know, you don't have to be looking super ripped no. all the time. And I think fat shaming anyone for not being in like wicked shape is just either spitefulness or like pure yeah, it's naivety. Horrible, yeah. Pro- probably more more often naivety than than spite but yeah.
1: yeah. I mean if you're in the industry it's easy like you talked about becoming Wolverine ripped like it probably wouldn't have been, obviously he worked hard at it, but it wouldn't have been that hard for him in terms of his lifestyle. Whereas other people have got other shit going on, like you've got jobs and kids. you're a
2: 21-year-old student, like male personal trainer, (laughs) like you can't can't just say to like the 55-year-old housewife who's like looking after like, for teenage kids just eat less yeah it just doesn't work it doesn't work like that
1: i think if you want to follow people on instagram there's loads of good people out there but you should probably follow people that were first and foremost personal trainers before they became like social influencers because if you're just a social influencer you don't really have the credentials don't get me wrong some of them are good but some of them are terrible right yeah some of them are awful and and often I don't think you're doing yourself any favours by following all these fitness models and stuff. I don't think it I don't think it helps. I Unless they're giving out really sound
0: motivation, advice, does not it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, motivation, a bit of yeah. Motivation then after a while, the motivation probably goes and you just oh, You are right that actually, which
2: which I didn't just mention is that some some people are very good. Yeah, and of course in very they are, shape. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not just being like yeah. massively jealous. you your fit shaming, How <laughs> it's actually. It's
1: actually it, it's getting better fit. the more popular fit-shamed. people. leave it. Fit shame, shape shamed. One thing we didn't cover earlier was NEAT. I wanted to talk about NEAT. neat. Can we do that? It sounds yeah. real NEAT. Yeah, real NEAT. NEAT stands for Non-Exercise Activity <laughs> Thermogenesis, and that is just a fancy way of saying F- the F- amount F- you move. So we're sat down. This is this is for a man. I know the numbers-ish off by heart. So if you're just sat still, you might burn 80 calories an hour. And for a woman, it will be less than that. It might be more like 50 to 60, just because you're smaller, okay? So if you if you stood up, it might go up to hundred calories an hour. If you're walking at a normal speed, it will rise up into the two hundreds per calorie uh, right. per hour. Yeah, so that makes an enormous difference. Is to that sitting
0: doing absolutely nothing?
1: Yeah. So sat totally still, you still. So you you have something called your basal metabolic rate. So if you were to lie down all day, you'd still burn. So someone my height and weight and age and sex basal metabolic rate would be like 1800 calories or something like that and then beyond that you've got movement so i move a lot i don't actually train that hard i honestly don't i do probably about three and a half hours of strength training a week so that sounds like a lot but considering i'm in the gym the whole time it's not that much it's not silly yeah and in those strength training sessions i'll do an exercise have a rest for two minutes do an exercise i'm not going mental yeah but my knee is enormous yeah so i do at least 30,000 steps a day because I'm PTing on my feet so I can eat 3,000 calories and probably still be in a calorie deficit yeah yeah so if you put that into perspective if you you work in the city and you just sit down all day you get trained to work you might only do 3,000 steps so the calories you're gonna have to eat for weight loss is gonna be so small yeah it's gonna be very hard for you to sustain that so Uh, those step counter stuff are popular and a bit like my fitness pal they're a tool to be used they're not the be all and end all but they can give you a gauge of what you're at and then you can try and improve on that gauge set targets and one thing we do for our clients is set behavioral goals so it might be try and eat this calorie target try and hit this step counter and try and train twice a week strength training and if you hit those behavioral goals you'll reach your overall goals yeah? yeah so um, that step target is a really good one. I mean, that's one of the yeah, one of the I best agree. bits of advice I could give people. So there's been been quite a few studies that have shown these are all in women. I was reading about this earlier, actually, that when they go and do loads of cardiovascular training, although they burn calories at high rate doing cardio, it causes them to move less, fidget less, and overall overall reduce their need. So their actual energy output is not increasing that much through their right. exercise. So if you flip that on its head and do strength training, which isn't about burning energy, it's about getting strong, and then try and get your, your energy burned through neat, that is a much more sustainable way to create a big calorie deficit. So yeah, going from three thousand steps to ten thousand steps a day is is five or six hundred calories. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's huge. That that could be the difference between you losing loads of weight every week or fat every week and not any at all. Yeah. So yeah, without changing your diet. So yeah neat, so you know, massive i really recommend that for people try and get on your feet more get a stand up cool. desk move more and that that's the best that will always be a bigger energy burn than exercise yeah i yeah. so think
2: that's one of the i, I mean i'm sure, certain is one of the reasons why um people just slowly put on body fat over time is because they're doing the yeah. opposite like well of course nowhere near their enough diet might not have changed yeah but they're but not it's not, moving it's as not much. like it's not no one's putting on loads of fat overnight are they like it's no that could be like half a banana a day for a year yeah and sitting down for an hour more than walking i think you have put on like a stone because because
0: your metabolism is slowing down as you get older as well
2: no not not so much about age but like just if that total number of calories burnt over the course of a year if you're walking for an hour extra a day or if instead of doing that hour extras walking yeah you're eating half a banana, for example. Yeah. One would result in you putting on a stone. One would result in you losing time. Yeah, over a stone. time. Right, yeah. But the difference intra daily is minute. Yeah. Yeah, um,
1: definitely. And as you as you're getting yeah. older, you your metabolism will come down. And metabolism is a bit of a confusing term. There's a lot of pseudoscience around metabolism, like everyone's metabolism is pretty much the same barring like a thyroid problem so if someone that you think has got a high metabolism like people say to me oh you must have a high metabolism because i always see you eating those i'm like i don't yep. i just never stand still right my client's doing a plank and i'm like doing laps yeah just i don't do it intentionally i'm just very fidgety and i don't like standing still so it's not my metabolism it's my knee and my movement that's causing me to burn a lot of calories and the same will probably be true of people that you know that you think have a high metabolism they don't your metabolism is literally a product of your age your height your weight and your sex you can use a calculation you can figure out your basal metabolic rate and that is pretty accurate it's not perfect but everything else is movement so the idea that people have a fast metabolism and it's that's why they're in good shape is a bit offensive to people that are in good shape, right. really, yeah, because yeah. it's it's not as simple as that.
2: Muscle mass, though. Yeah, muscle mass, yeah,
1: so muscle mass, so that's part of body weight, yeah, right, but yeah, yeah you can pump, do calculations yeah. that use body fat percentage as well, so it calculates your lean mass, so yeah, so as you get older, your metabolism does slow down, that's one of the factors, so if you eat the same for 10 years, your calorie de- deficit might be shrinking or changing, yeah, yeah. yeah all the time. Um, so yeah that's one thing to consider and if you have more muscle mass your metabolism will be higher because lean mass requires sustaining through blood flow and fat mass does require some blood flow but not much yeah yeah so yeah uh, this someone with a high muscle mass will have a higher metabolism with someone the same weight who is more fat than muscle Yeah. yeah definitely so
0: you kind of want to put to bed the rumor of or the you might I've, I've got a friend that springs to mind through school just never ever put on weight he's still the same weight now as he always was always been very very lean yeah and people have always said he must have such a fast metabolism metabolism and yeah. he himself says i eat loads
2: yeah that's i do think def- some people there, there right. is
1: an element of it there is an element you genetically we're all different but if you watch that person and watch their habits you probably find they're sat there their legs going. Even fidgeting will up your calorie burn per hour by as much as like 50 or 60 calories an hour. Right. Yeah, so if you do that all hour and then you don't Shaking jiggle your knee, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, that can make a huge difference on your day. Yeah? yeah. Like a whole meal by the end of eight hours at work. So, And if you then observe what they eat, they might say that I eat a lot, but I'm eating like whole meals with, with veg and lean protein. So although the meals are big, someone else who's not goes, oh, I'm hardly eating anything. They had a muffin and a latte as a snack from uh, Costa, and it was seven hundred calories. Right, so yeah, although their volume of food wasn't high, so I think it comes way down more to lifestyle than you would think. I think yeah. genetics are only playing a very small factor, and it, it people like to think they have yeah. a slow metabolism because, it, again, it's that Great pill, excuse. isn't it? It's a good excuse. I, I don't don't buy into it that much. There are certain cases, and it will change from individual to individual, but nowhere near as much as people it's not think. Drastic, yeah, yeah
2: i thought i was in that camp that like i just never put on fat and then you when don't I, eat much when i um
1: <laughs> you never never have eaten that much I when don't think.
2: well I, it's not so much that it was that when i was training a lot of people then yeah then I, I didn't put on any fat and then as soon as i sat in the office for a bit i started oh, getting yeah, a bit so fat yeah. And...
0: yeah the difference between you two's yeah. calorie output in a day compared to it's someone huge. in an office must be in the f- well the difference between, between joe and
2: me i mean the, the guys who are, tr- are on the gym floor a lot yeah and this is this was one other yeah, point, and, that, and this and I wrote an article about this was that there is never a reason, in my opinion, and people will get pissed off with this. There is never a reason for a PT to be overweight. Yeah, in my opinion, right? I and, kind and, of agree because it's right? hard to overeat. <laughs> and, and 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 I'm saying that because I've seen how much effort it takes to be a good PT. Yeah. Right. Say for example, in the very basic, in the very in the very um, sort of least amount of exercise they'll do per day. If you've got one client, now per client, you demonstrate each exercise with three reps, for example. Three to five reps, you have to do a few demo reps per exercise you're explaining. Yeah. Say you do 20 reps, uh, 20 exercises per session, 15, to 20 exercises, you're talking like 60 to 90 reps of exercise, um, albeit it might be a lightweight per hour. So say very, very least 50. Then if you're doing 10 sessions in a day, that's 500 reps of exercise in one day. It's a lot of movement. Add in all of the neat, where you're walking around changing weights, you know, um, shuffling bits of kit about, like you should be burning a hell of a lot of calories per day
1: you'll yeah. be burning at least 150 calories an hour more than someone that sat still yeah. an hour yeah, extrapolate at the very, that at across the very least 10 hours that's a thousand calories or yeah. more yeah so wow, just, yeah
2: <laughs> i think you've got no you've got no business being overweight as yeah. a pt
0: which when you think about it and think about <laughs> how much mike dropped like take a very manual job take a plasterer like they must burn some yeah, serious massive. calories there. Yeah. To be overweight as a plasterer, I'm probably going to get fucking hounded myself here from probably being probably overweight plasters. So yeah, yeah. yeah. probably going to get They in. must be consuming a hell of... They must be in a hell of a life. Yeah,
1: because typically, you're probably eating snack foods that are seriously energy dense. Well, yeah. that's yeah. why
0: I
2: don't, I don't have the same opinion about everyone in an active job, right? Because it comes down to education oh, and information. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. In, in like, yeah. the, where PT should know about... Uh, energy balance and what they should be eating <laughs> in and around their food, So yeah, yeah so shouldn't. they've got all the info and they're choosing yeah. to ignore it if they are overweight. Yeah. Whereas yeah. a plaster, for yeah. example, because we see this with clients sometimes, some people think that just because they're training three times a week, that they that the nutrition doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So they're like, well, I'm doing this exercise, so I should be getting in better shape. And so they kind of eat just when they feel hungry. And quite often, if you train really hard, you feel hungrier. Yeah. So. I mean I've seen it happen before where people have been working really hard in their exercise but then off the back of that they felt hungrier they've eaten more and they've put on fat right yeah Um, so I can see why people aren't always in wicked shape if they're doing something active but for a PT I mean
0: yeah yeah I don't don't necessarily mean they should be in wicked shape, but it's just it's easy to overconsume, isn't it? Like mm. a session down the pub, you're not getting full up, you're still gonna eat the same amount, yeah. but you might have just drunk two thousand calories yeah. Yeah. quite happily. I guess. It's
1: so easy to drink load of calories. Ten points, if you're dying as well, yeah. I wouldn't recommend drinking calories. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not even like yeah soft drinks and stuff or fruit juices just there's no satisfaction yeah. there it's leaving your stomach within the hour and you're hungry again. i
2: think people don't treat the calories they drink with the same sort yeah. of respect they do with the ones they eat yeah so Especially quite often people just leave that out of their my fitness pal don't they True, they, yeah. they won't yeah. even track it because they drunk it
0: that's why i think it's such a good idea to use my fitness power even just for a couple of weeks because i i used yeah. it for a while and i was shocked at some of the things i put in it i once measured the olive oil that i put on my salad I was like, it's offensive. 300 yeah. calories.
1: If you go Jamie Oliver sprinkling olive oil, you might have 250 calories right there on the yeah. salad that was only supposed to be 100 calories. Yeah, and yeah. I'd have
0: guessed it's it meant my fitness power. Well, I've put five mil on there. That's pr- and and it comes up as 10 calories. I think fine, but then I actually measured it and I was like, it's about 50 mil I just put on. And it was. <laughs> I think right, if yeah. you're using that app, there's Peanut things to be anal well. about. I yeah, that. that was like holy shit.
1: Things that are high in fat, you should be super anal about if you're tracking your calories. So nuts, Butters, nuts, oils, yeah. that kind of thing. You Which should be really angry about that because they got nine calories per avocado gram. Avocado and shit in fat. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah Avocados, avocados yeah. all over the show now. Aren't yeah. They? yeah, yeah. Super Whereas popular. if you if you have a chicken breast and you've just put it in as a chicken breast, it's not going to drastically affect your end game. Yeah. Or you've put in your veg and you have just gone, no, I've had a medium onion. That's saving you a lot of grief, but not fucking up your tracking. Whereas if you don't put in olive oil properly yeah it will be the difference between you losing and not losing weight yeah. or if you're winging your pasta you're like mm, that's probably 100 grams of pasta no yeah. one gets that right yeah. yeah so things like that you should weigh at least a few times before you start eyeballing it
0: yeah the old cereal calories as well. Once measured oh what they God, say on the yeah. front of that. Have you seen the average serving? One 40 frosting. grams plus Plus 125ml milk. I <laughs> measured that out once. That I wouldn't give that to a tiny child. I'd be like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Enough. It's
2: not on how they do these servings. No,
1: that's, there, where that's where you're. That's where they're fucking you. And when you yeah. talked about Burger King, talk about marketing, and people should be able to read a food label and understand it at the very basic level. And I don't think people can, because sometimes the portions shocking. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's like pointless. It's trickery,
2: get a bag of crisps and they're like 200 calories per serving. And they're like, who eats half a bag of fucking crisps? It doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. fast. Joe, I've got two questions to sort of wrap things up with you. Nice. Um, First question, Joe, is what's your favorite exercise of all time? You can only do one exercise for the rest of your life. What would it be?
1: Oh, I don't know. Uh, Deadlifts. Deadlifts, good
0: answer. answer.
1: Um, Why? just really satisfying feeling because it's probably the most weight you're going to lift in the gym if you do it right try not to fuck yourself up out there please guys Get a personal <laughs> <Yeah>. trainer
2: <laughs> yeah, it
1: requires mastering as well it's not easy it's not simple yeah,
2: yeah. a lot of bang for its buck bang a for the buck well. yeah exactly the second question is um and i love to ask everyone this question but you can only eat one meal you're on death row oh man what's that meal gonna be meal?
1: I don't know. I answered one of these questions before and I said something about my mum's cooking in an astral and apoplectic fit, so I better not bring it up. Who's cooking it? Um. <laughs> I think you just did. Yeah, I just yeah. did, yeah. I love, it. I love a roast dinner, roast lamb with all the trimmings. Good shout. Oh, stop it. Yeah. That semi's coming back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we started the show on a semi and we're, we're finishing, finishing it on a <laughs> semi. Yeah. Joe Birch, thank you ever so much. Where, where can we hear more about you, Joe Birch?
1: So, my Instagram is at Joe Birchy or Joe Birch Personal Training on
2: Facebook and YouTube. Lally. Check me out. Joe is also um, very excitingly going to be heading up the opening of our next gymnasium Woo. in Chislehurst So, watch this space. Oh, big things.
1: Big things. Yeah. Well, excited for that. Yeah. It's all happening. Yeah. Planning permission. Boom.
0: Very good. Exciting stuff! Thank you, Joe. Thank nice you, one brother. Cheers, hey, guys. Thanks, Rick. Nice one, yeah, cheers, Chris. So there you go. Thanks a lot, Joe. There was a lot covered in today's episode, um, so it might be worth if if you are someone who's going on a bit of a fat loss mission, um, it might be worth going back over and having a re-listen to that podcast. But some real takeaways um, for me, I think it's worth noting were. Um, Energy in versus energy out, that's all fat loss really comes down to, Um, as in calories in versus calories out. If you're eating more than you're burning, you're putting on weight. If you're burning more than you're eating, you're losing weight. Simple as, don't get too bogged down in all the other nonsense. And I'm not qualified to say any of this, but I'm just re-spouting what Joe and Chris have been through in this episode. Um, Not eliminating food groups, no real need. Um, Strength training is a great way to lose fat loss. Um, for girls as well, particularly, don't be afraid of, of lifting weights because you're not going to put on a load of muscle unless you're eating a shitload of food. So don't worry about that. Don't obsess over the scales either. That That's a good one. That's a big one, I think, because they can be quite disheartening, and particularly for ladies as well, as Chris and Joe went through in this. So don't worry too much about your scales. Eight twenty rule, Joe said about. That's something that I'm a big fan of. Um, so living like a monk during the week monk-ish um, and then relaxing a bit at the weekend but it's important to say and as I've realized you can blow it so don't go nuts all weekend because you really can blow all your hard work that you've done all week if you're treating yourself Friday, Saturday and Sunday it can just be you can be you could probably go backwards actually so that's worth noting again it all comes down to the energy in versus energy out and that goes for the whole week rather than just looking at things daily as well Um that's what works for me. Um, and don't buy it that's a big one for me don't have it in the house Um, as an example my friends and family would probably describe me as being quite disciplined however my wife the other day asked me if there's anything I wanted but wanted buying in I've been working away I just got home I said can you get me some hula hoops she got a multi-pack of hula hoops I ate the multi-pack in two days that's six packs a day that's just unnecessary Um, so don't have it do don't buy it and bite of the weekend have it then but generally don't just stock it because you're just going to eat it um, another one eating late and breakfast being the most important meal of the day again nonsense come back to the energy in versus energy out it doesn't matter if you don't like to eat late great don't eat late um, but it doesn't matter the timings of your meal don't really matter and um, when it comes to when it comes to fat loss and again skipping breakfast works very well for me Chris does it as well So don't be afraid to trial out that intermittent fasting because, yeah, it works really well for us. And uh, to paraphrase Chris, never trust a fat person trainer. That being said, it's horses for courses, whatever works for you. Um, All I am is someone who used to be fat and successfully managed to lose weight and have kept it off for years. So that's all I can talk about, but... Chris and Joe are actually qualified to talk about this, so it was good good to have them on um big love, good luck, y'all.